I'm Zane Witcher, and this is the On to Something podcast. Welcome to the Restless series in which we've been doing. Hey, times are really difficult right now, and one of the things I want to speak to is how our time of rest should also be difficult and should be different than what our normal routine is. So I wanted to create an episode today that's different than the others. This is just a practical nuts and bolts of what things have I changed in my time of rest because of everything that's happening with COVID and limitations and restrictions. So before we get into it, I also want to make a small note that if you have any small ears that are with you, there is some conversation about sex. So (laughs) press play with caution with who you're around. So if you got earbuds in, that's a great thing. So let's hop into this. Labor is a craft, but rest is an art. Mm. Let's say that again for everyone that was sitting in the back. Say it with me now. Labor is a craft, but rest is a art. Rest is really like personal art. It takes time for you to envision. You got to figure out what mediums you want to use. And then it just takes a lot of different sketches and strokes to be able to find the image that you have in your head and realistically what you can paint on the canvas of life. But the thing I want to talk about in this episode is that the canvas is changing for us. Ever since, as one of my members said, the COVID struck, ever since we've hit that date, we've needed to be flexible and adaptive to how we do rest. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. I want this episode to just be a soundbite to talk about the nuts and bolts of how when we feel that rest is limited, we can figure out new ways. I just want to talk about some practical ways that my spouse and I have shifted our household to make sure rest happens. Whether you feel like you have limited space or limited contact with people, limited time with the kids not in the house or on top of you, or if you feel limited in resources, I want to encourage you that in many ways, the sky is still your limit when it comes to rest. And let me illustrate for you in the ways that I've been inspired to think about rest, even in this limiting time. So in order to adjust my perspective, I've seen it through a different lens. One of my absolute favorite lessons in grade school was the teaching on the five senses. Now, this subject was my jam. There's been nothing in all my years of school that have been as helpful in describing humanity as learning the five senses. You know what I'm talking about, like touch, smell, you know, the others. I remember when I learned it for the first time. I thought I had learned everything there was to know about being a human. It was groundbreaking. And you could give me five fingers on my hand in which I could identify the five senses. Once I felt like I had those teachings, I felt like I could shut the books and take the ACT, which maybe is the reason that I scored a single digit the first time. But our limitations right now in a global pandemic are complicated and challenging And sometimes when I run up against complex challenges, I find it helpful to look through life's challenges with a simple lens again. And here's how I did it with rest. I looked at rest 
through the five senses. Why? Because when we feel limited, when we have to be in the same place we rest as the same place we work, we need to be able to provide our bodies a sense of when it's time to rest. So we use the five senses. All right, so here's all the practical ways in which I've tried to be in touch with the senses. Consider this episode my Pinterest board, okay? So let's start with the sense of sight. If one of the results of rest is the ability to change how I see the world, I figured I started to need to change how I see things during a time of rest. So here's a couple of ideas I've tried out. First, and this may sound too simplistic, but it's been a game changer. We changed our lighting in the house. One of the things that we do during our time of rest is we depend only on natural light for our Sabbath or rest days. Because we shouldn't be working, we don't need all of the bright fluorescent lights that are just like filling our eyeballs. So we give every room in the house, of course, except the bathroom, because you need to be able to see, because if you don't, you may accidentally break the toilet. But we give the house different tones of light on the day of rest, and it gives us a feeling of rest. It's noticeable, which is the whole point. Our eyes notice the lighting's different, which reminds us that this is a day that's different. Second thing, we change what we lay our eyes on during a time of rest. One of the switches that I've made that's been really helpful is I like to read, but I will read longer forms and different genres on Saturday. I take advantage of the time to be able to dwell in a more long and complex reading, and I stay away from scrolling through articles. As I read deeply, I can feel my body sink deeply into a state of rest. Okay, and third, Final adjustment is changing our walking and running routines during our day of rest. Uh, during the week, I work out. I work out outside. I work out, but I tend to be reminded of tasks and projects because I'm so limited in the morning and working out that it has to be the same routine over and over again. So what I physically pass tends to mentally pass through my head. As well. So, in order to combat that and create an atmosphere of rest, I try to go to a different part of the neighborhood, or I try to find a different running trail, or I try to find an unfamiliar terrain in order to become more familiar with what's going on inside of me. So, here's the thing with sight that I would ask you to think about What are your eyes used to seeing that you can change during your time of rest? Okay, sound. Here's the next one. I know this may sound crazy, but sound has helped play a major role in my time of rest, okay? There has been two major implementations with sounds that has changed my senses. The first, which I'll admit sounds crazy, is that we run a noise-canceling machine all day throughout our house, okay? So hear me out. <laughs> Let me see what happened there. Hear sound. In the beginning we bought this noise canceling machine because we have a housemate and wanted to make sure we could neutralize the amount of noise when we wanted to go to bed, but he wanted to still stay up. But our ears began to get used to when we turned it on, it was an indicator that rest was about to happen. We were about to go to bed. So now during our day of rest, we turn on the noise machine all day 
to remind us of the constant state we're living in, which is rest. And it's actually had a spiritual implication as well, because the hum of it in the background reminds us of the truth that even though we are not working, God is working. Okay, the second, which many of you are going to give pushback or you're going to toss this idea completely out the window, is what plays in my earbuds on Saturdays or our days of rest. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to wear out really good music. When I find something I love, I tend to listen to it on Spotify until Spotify tries to shut me down because they're like, dude, you're wearing us out. But one of the switches I've made is I've chosen a couple of select artists that are my favorite, and I only listen to them during my time of rest. Why? Because it brings me delight. And to delight in good music on this day is another way of training and reminding my body that today is a day where I don't dwell on the anxiousness of the world, but I delight in some of the beautiful creation of the world. So here's the thing with sound. Ask yourself, what could I fill my ears with that would bring me joy during my time of rest? Could I play something in the background all day? Could you hear the voice of someone who's different than the rest of the week or someone that you're far away from? How could sound play into your rest? All right, moving from sound to taste. Oh, taste. Welcome to the sense that has literally helped me crave rest each week. Uh, my spouse and I made a major nutrition shift this past year in which she's kind of lapping me in some ways. But one of the things we've shifted is that we don't eat food that slows us down during the day. That means no sugar and trying to eat less breads, more vegetables and healthy fibers, things that keep the brain going throughout the day because there's nothing worse than having that slow, gradual, head-banging afternoon where you're like, what am I doing with my life? But guess what? During our time of rest, those limitations go straight out the window. One of the best practices we've dabbled in during COVID is reserving certain sugars and meals for only our day of rest. Sure, at times it feels like torture when it's something that you love and only having it once a week, but it has this profound effect as a whole. It's like we've created an instinct. Like It's almost like Pavlov theory has been built to us. It's this internal clock inside of our stomachs that we know that every six days, it's about time for us to eat something glorious. And this is a fast take, I believe. If you've ever noticed in scripture, when healings happen in the gospels, one of the things that always happens afterwards is they eat. Why? Because I think food is restorative. I think food heals us. I think savoring helps point to what is to come. It brings delight. And one really quick rule. If we find that after a week that we've had, if we take time to delight in meals and food and those who we sit across from with that food, I wonder with each bite, if we actually come to find and appreciate delight in our everyday in a way that this day can teach us. So ask yourself, is there anything that's currently off limits to you in order to reserve it just for Sabbath? Is there a type of meal? Is there a dessert? Or is there a company of people in which you could ask or say, 
I'm going to reserve this for my time of rest because it's going to help me emphasize it. Okay. Let's move to smell. Now, out of all of the senses so far, I need to admit, this is definitely the weakest I've worked on. Although we're trying out different things, I'll need to report back to you, but I do have two findings that could be helpful for you. The first is me telling you about the glories of the oil that's called lavender. There was a time when I spoke against oils, but I can no longer speak against them because I discovered the power of lavender. It affects people in different ways, but for me, it's an oil that with just a couple of drops, I can find myself mellowed out and sleeping deeper. It doesn't help me fall asleep like a lot of people are like, if you just use lavender, you'll go to sleep. But it does help me stay asleep. One of the practices we do during our time of rest is we dispense oil, specifically lavender oil, all throughout the day to bring a calming sense throughout the house. When we smell it, we know it's a smell of rest. The second smell tactic, which I've integrated into my day of rest, is actually withdrawing from one of the smells that I'm used to. I don't use any body products on the day of rest. For me, mainly, I don't use my typical deodorant, and I don't apply any hair gel. So if you haven't tried this, I don't recommend trying it before you're about to go on a date or anything like that. But I challenge you to think about what do you apply on your body that you smell all the time. When I leave out these two smells that I walk around with every day, I start to walk around my day of rest differently. I found that when my body doesn't smell like fresh gel in my hair or the strong smell of deodorant to be ready for the day, I lose the sense of needing to be on in the world. During my time of rest, I'm just simply myself. So ask yourself, what smells are meaningful to you? What could you change about your environment that you are constantly exposed to? Could you clean your apartment the day before to where you have the smell of cleaning products or the start of a new week? Or could you fix a certain type of food for breakfast that would fill the air of your home or maybe bake something? Well, if you think that's weird, then... Let me tell you, this last one's going to get a little weird as well, because we're moving now to touch. Touch is a big player in the game in creating a sense of rest. There's three elements worth sharing in this category about touch and just the physicality that plays into a sense of time. The first is low-hanging fruit that I think everyone should think about. First is clothing. There are clothing items that I reserve for rest days only. And to brief, be frank, they're the comfiest clothing that I own. In time of rest, you can most likely find one of two running shirts that are made with soft, breathe-through material hugging around my body. People always say the phrase dress for the occasion. My question is, why would we not also dress for rest? Every time I'm wearing that breathe-through material, I breathe a little bit easier. Because as it rubs against my skin, I'm reminded that this is the day to just breathe. No formal, stiff dress shirts of hard work and conversations to come. Just breathing. Okay. Second one is intimacy. One of the greatest pieces of advice uh, my spouse and I heard early on in our marriage was to actually schedule time for sex together. 
it always kind of sounds unnecessary when you first schedule um, because you're like, uh, this seems like one of those things that's on a list that uh, you can drop everything for because it's uh, such an exciting event during the week. But here's the thing that I've come to learn. When things are always changing, there's sometimes a temptation with your spouse to not change how you touch each other. I'm talking everything from hand-holding to hugging to everything else that you would find behind closed doors. There's almost like this amnesia in remembering to explore the heart of your partner. And part of that is exploring them physically in different and new ways. And for those who are kind of curious about sex just as a whole, it's important to remember that long-haul sex is different than short-term sex. Sexual intimacy, the sex that's here for the long haul, that is investing and pouring into and sharing in with one other person with your life, which is just a form of intimacy, takes time and attention on the other person. It takes practice together to truly reach a state where you see your partner and you see the ways in which you can bring them delight emotionally and yes, physically as well. So together with my spouse, we actually schedule it to happen during our time of rest. Like it's literally on the calendar. It's literally put in there. Within our time of rest, we make sure to touch each other in different ways than the touch points that we have during the week. That's not rushed. That's open to new things. And it's a time where we open ourselves up to each other. And one more thing, which some of you are thinking, why one more thing? Could you at least get off of this? But here's the thing. It's crucial that we talk about. We talk about rest and sex leading up to it. We talk about the ways that we want to spend time with each other, that we want to explore each other. Not because we live this like hot and fast marriage or because we're like bunnies, but because this is part of the process of preparing our bodies and also indicating to our bodies that rest is coming. It's a way of helping each other crave the reconnection that's going to happen at the end of the week. Okay, now don't worry. I'm going to get off of the topic of intimacy next, but don't worry. I'm going to touch sex again in the next episode, so you're not out of the gauntlet just yet. But I'm going to talk about it more directly, which it means we can move on to the third way that touch has been utilized in our time for us. The final sense of touch being integrated into our time is working out extensively, which I know working out actually seems like that would be the opposite of what rest would be. But here's the way that I think about it. We're not just trying to burn off all the carbs that we did when we consumed those chocolate chip cookies, but it's deeper than that. One of the things we've started doing is working out longer and harder during the day of rest to be able to get in touch with our bodies in a way that we don't have time the rest of the week. Most of the week is mental calisthenics for me. So on our days of rest, they've become days of physical calisthenics for me. It's a form of de-stressing. It's a form of taking care of ourselves. And we're also using muscles. <laughs> we're also using muscles that we don't throughout the week. Ultimately, it has spiritual benefits as well, because when I begin the day with extensive workouts, when I go for a long run, when I lift much longer than I usually do, it helps my body have an easier time to be still and attentive the rest of the day. 
which is really helpful for a body like mine that's always asking the question, so what have we done today? My question for you is have you intentionally thought about touch in your rest routine? Could you designate some clothing for the time of the week that you only wear then because it's restful? Could you make sure that you hug a friend or you cradle your pets in a different way on Saturday? If you're in a covenant of marriage, could you talk about how to be intentional on this day of rest to make it something that's a different experience for both of you? And most importantly, could you move your body in a different way to indicate to your body that this is a different day than any other day? I believe these things matter. When we give our bodies a sense of rest, we actually begin to experiment and find rest deeper. So let me wrap up this episode for you with an illustration with an illustration in regards to what you need to do next. So my spouse, Carolina, is obsessed right now with smoothies. Seriously, she plays no games when it comes to blending these beverages. There may be a smoothie king in town where we live, but she is the smoothie queen in our house. I kid you not. Every day at 7.40 a.m., I can expect to hear the grind of the blender as she throws all these healthy concoctions together. And because she makes smoothies all the time, she's always experimenting with different combinations all the time. And let me tell you, nothing is off limits to this woman. Seriously, I've been an innocent bystander as she throws things like kale and seeds and cauliflower and radishes and plants and all these frozen items that no one can identify what they actually are. It's almost like she has this born instinct of a V8 bottle. If you can blend it, it should go in there. And the hardest news of this, though, is that she needs a taste tester, which usually becomes this soul that's speaking to you right now. Some days I think her thought process is, you know, if it doesn't kill them, it'll only make them stronger and make a good drink for me. And at times I feel like her cupbearer, and nothing has killed me yet, but let me tell you, I have tasted some brutal combinations of smoothies. Also need to add that I've tasted some wonderful in-house made smoothies. Why? Because she's personally tried the combinations over and over again. She changes, she adjusts, she makes small adjustments. She takes notice when something's off or a bit too chunky and adjusts it. Every week she tries something and she gets closer to a wonderful smoothie combination. Here's my point. Experimentation is key with rest. A perfect moment of rest is the result of imperfect tries at rest. Those who rest well are those who are constantly changing, adjusting, and figuring out new combinations to make it work. Here's the thing. You will never know a great combination until you actually give it a try. So here's my question. In a global pandemic, have you not only set a time of rest, but have you experimented with your time of rest? If not, it's time to adjust some things. Change it up. Try some of these ideas and make it your own. Seriously, you may never know what you run into until you try it, but only you can try it. Why? Because I stop at smoothies. Get to blending, friends. Now I'll see you next time. Okay, now was that a fun episode or what? I don't know. At least it was fun for me as we were walking through it. You know, another thing that was really fun, 
the moon kit giveaway. That was pretty fun. If you didn't get to uh, hear about it, it was basically a bundle of resting essentials that we just gave away to a person. So if you missed it, make sure that you go and you follow us on Instagram at the onto something pod. That's with no G onto something pod. And make sure you get on our email list because as part two starts to come to a close, we will be doing more things that are similar to it. Friends, may you remember as you continue your week, you are onto something.